Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. His people, he brings them all together. And it goes back and forth. And it's a little bit heavy. Verse 14 says, Now fear the Lord and serve Him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your forefathers worshipped beyond the river in Egypt, and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your forefathers served beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are now living, But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Then the people answered, Far be it from us to forsake the Lord to serve other gods. It was the Lord our God himself who brought us and our fathers up out of Egypt from the hand of slavery and performed those great signs before our eyes. He protected us on our entire journey and among all the nations through which we traveled. And the Lord drove out all those before us, all the nations, including the Amorites who lived in the land. We too will serve the Lord because he is our God. Joshua said to his people, you are not able to serve, this, serve the Lord. He is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. For if you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, he will turn and bring disaster on you and make an end of you after he has been good to you. But the people said to Joshua, No, we will serve the Lord. Then Joshua said, You are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen to serve the Lord. Yes, we are witnesses, they replied. Now then said Joshua, Throw away your foreign gods that are among you, and yield your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, We will serve the Lord our God and obey him. On that day Joshua made a covenant for the people, and there at Shechem he drew up for them decrees and laws. And Joshua recorded these things in the book of law of God. Then he took a large stone and he set it under the rock, or set set it under the oak, near the holy place of the Lord. See, he said to the people, this stone will be a witness against us. It has heard all the words the Lord has said to us. It will be a witness against you if you are untrue to your God. And God had his blessing to the reading of the word this morning as we pray for allowing us to be in your house this morning, to hear your words, to sing your praises, to be reminded of the hope we have in you. Lord, we heard of those struggles and pains and problems this morning. And we lay those in front of you, Lord, knowing that you have a plan much bigger and powerful and encompassing than ours. Lord, as we seek your face this morning, may you enlighten us your love. May you remind us, Lord, what you want us to be. 
how you'd have us to look and to act and what to share. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Zach, there's a PowerPoint up there, bud. There you go. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. So I got to ask a question. Have you ever spent much time thinking about what you might say if you knew it was the last thing you would tell someone in this life? Maybe as I get older, that becomes more of a something that I think some about. The passage today is Joshua's final words. It's his final thoughts that he's going to share with the Israelites before he moves on, before God takes him away. And he gathers all the people together. He starts that in uh, chapter 23. And he gathers them all together. He's like, okay, kids, we're all going to get together. And he begins to tell them what's most important. Now, you and I both know that there would be some things that we would have to say, right? There would be the top three or four things that had to be said. And there would be lots of things that just don't really matter much. Like school homework, right? Those things would not be things that we would really much spend much time on. Some things would be important, things like, I love you, right? The grocery list wouldn't probably be on the uh, list of things that you would have to deal with. It won't matter, though, Kenny. So just for a moment, I'll ask you that question. What is most important in this life that would need to be shared. See, some things are going to pale in comparison. Some things are going to be high on the list. Some things aren't even going to make the list. But here's the funny part. Most of those unimportant things in our life are the very things that consume us. Those are the things we worry so much about. We spend so much time thinking about. We spend so much more time worrying about that next bill or what's on TV or our favorite sports team that didn't win, right? We get all worked up about those things. And then we think, at the end of the day, do they really matter? Will they really matter in life? And that's what Joshua is all about in this passage. He figures out pretty quickly, you know, he had followed God. If you may remember from the beginning of Joshua, he was terrified, right? Joshua 1 says, be strong and courageous because the Lord is with you. And he was the helper. He was was Moses' helper. 
as they were working their way out. And he was the guy who was going to take over and then have all the plan figured out, and he was terrified. And God says, I got it all figured out here. Just take my people, and I have a plan worked out. Now, if you read all of Joshua, you find out that there are a lot of things that happen in the midst of that. And God protects them and takes them through. And the Israelites, even in the passage today, they see that. They saw God's hand in their life. You took out the Amorites out of the area we were going to live. But Joshua figures out there are a few things that are most important that you need to know. You need to know these things. And that's where this passage goes. And I I don't know about you, but I kind of like the attitude that Joshua gives him. He's like, we both know you aren't going to keep it anyway. So why don't you just go live your life with those idols that you've kind of wavered on anyway. You've waffled your life away. Just, we know you can't do it. You know you can't do it. So just go do your thing. As for me and my house, so we're going to... We're going to worship God. We're going to serve the Lord. Go ahead. Go ahead and deal with your idols from uh, across the river in Egypt. If you want to do that, do it. Interesting to me because those people quickly are, no, that's not what we want. That's not what we want. We saw how God worked in our lives, and we want some more of that. And he pokes at them just to, just to see where they're really at, right? I've always said in my life, and I don't know if this is true, but I'll, I'll find out before, maybe one of the last things I figure out. You never really know someone until you've seen them mad. Think about that for a minute. You never really know someone until you've seen them mad. Because lots of people can put on a good face. And so I don't know if that's what Joshua was doing. I don't know if he was poking the bear just to see what would happen. I don't know. But he has some final words for the, the Israelites. And the first word that he has for them is they need to make a decision. He says, listen, my household, we're going to follow the Lord. But I don't know about the rest of you all. You need to figure it out. You need to move forward and figure out who you're going to follow. We know that passage in uh, Revelation 3 where it talks about God spits out the lukewarm, right? You know that passage. You ever drink lukewarm water? It's the worst thing ever, right? There's somebody in this church who loves lukewarm water, and I don't remember who it was. Someone told me that. But God uses that as an example. He says, you're neither hot nor cold. You're neither following after me or rejecting me. You're just kind of waffling on that line. You're just trying to make a... Uh, trying to, to fit both uh, and be in both camps, and that's not where it needs to be. And that's what Joshua's saying here. You can't do it anyway. You're not doing it. You haven't done it. You haven't really followed after God. So just make a choice. Make a decision in your own life. See, I think one of the things that uh, America has afforded us, and I don't think it is a positive, is that in America we have lots of choices. Lots of choices. We complain when McDonald's drive-thru makes us wait for a minute, right? Because we could go to Wendy's and it might only be 30 seconds. And we have lots of choices. And so we live in a world where we want to make all these choices. 
And choices by themselves aren't bad. But we've decided that in religion we're going to do the same. We're going to pick and choose what pieces of religion we want. What pieces we're going to follow and what pieces we're not. Well, that's what they do in Haiti. In Haiti, they have the, uh, the official church is the Catholic church in Haiti. But that's just in name only. They take and they mix other Protestant religions with voodoo and any other given religion that you would like to pick, and they stir it in a big pot. And everybody gets to pick out of that pot what they want. So some people have a Catholic religion in name, but all they do is, is uh, follow the voodoo ideals. And if we're honest in uh, America these days, we, we like to pick and choose, right? We like the things that line up with the things we believe, and we kind of slide those scriptures under the rug that don't, you know, you know the ones that you read and you're like, oh, that one hurts a little. That one, wait a minute, that must not mean what I think it means because I just will ignore it. I'll just slide under the rug. And what's the problem with that? Here's the problem. There's no foundation. Everybody picks their own religion piles in the pile and decides that that's where they're going to be. That's what they're going to stand on. That's where their faith is going to be. It's not a good way to go. If you, I don't know that you've probably have heard this. If you're much Baptist, you've heard this, right? Sola Scriptura. Only the Scriptures. If you don't start there, you do not have a firm foundation. It's challenging to me for those who want to have a moral absolute, a, a foundational faith without a scripture behind it, without an understanding of God's love and scripture through it. I know you know what this is, right? You know how that happened? Does anybody know how that happened? Bad foundation on the one side. Now, you're probably saying, well, that thing's been there forever and it hasn't fallen over. Did you, you can say that, right? But what you don't know is that they spent millions of dollars keeping it that way. They could have fixed it. It's a better attraction, not fixed. It was about to collapse. It was uh, over 5.5% uh, cockeyed. And it's back now. To, they moved it to like four. I guess what they figured would be enough to be cockeyed and still be okay and sell tickets to see it, right? <laughs> the, the reason it's tipped is because the foundation on one side was soft. And it couldn't hold the weight. They didn't do the good work underneath. And it couldn't hold the weight and it tipped. Fun fact, where's it at? <laughs> Pisa. It took me a minute to think about it when I was finding this. I'm like, something wrong with me, right? <laughs> Stack of pizzas, yeah. <laughs> Kenny Bartlett and pizza, yeah. It's a leaning tower of pizza. Nice, Kenny. <laughs> the reality is, though, Josh was saying to us this morning, we have to make a decision. Will you follow God, or are you going to waffle? Are you going to have those idols, those things that get in the way of your relationship with God?
And he says, if you're going to follow God, then you need to commit to making a change. I love that he pushes back. You need to commit to make a change. Talk is cheap. Right? We say lots of things, and we don't back it up by doing what we say we're going to do. We can say all kinds of things, but it's our actions that share with others whether we believe that or not. He says, listen, if you're going to commit to God, then we need to see a change in direction. Let your yes be yes, and your no be no. Throw away all those foreign gods. Throw them away. Get rid of those things in your life that are keeping you from God. Leave them at the altar. There are some things in your life and some things in my life that I had no control over, and yet they're a part of the struggles I have in this life. Some of us have been wronged, have been cheated on, have been lied to, have felt less than, have been misunderstood. And you know what? Those things get in the way of committing that change to God, to allowing him to take those things away and to follow hard after him. Joshua says, you need to make this commitment. If Jesus is, if God's going to win, you're going to follow, then make a commitment to follow after him. And if that means taking it to the altar, then take it to the altar and get rid of it. I've told this story probably more than once, but I want to share it with you because I still have it. Back in 2010, when, uh, when they were looking for an associate pastor, uh, I had this, I like to call it my Jacob moment, because I, had a, I spent four months on a passage trying to figure out what God was trying to tell me, and it's Ephesians 4.1, it says, Live a life worthy of the call which you have been given. And that was a challenging verse. And it came to a head on the weekend of March 14, 2010. Now, March 14, 2010, it might be hard to see. It says Camp Judson Sunday. Now, everybody knows that Camp Judson Sunday is the best Sunday of the year, right? We sing songs, and it's pretty light. And Well, Kevin was preaching that week. I can tell you what he was preaching, John 11. But it's a pretty good week. I don't know, Kenny, let me look. Nope, the mouth of Christ. Wrong year. I spent the whole weekend wrestling with God. I felt like Jacob. I felt beat up trying to figure out where God would have me go. What he would want me to do. And I came to church on that Sunday morning and, and I'm probably the only one that remembers it because I kept this, but I came to church that Sunday morning and I sat in my normal spot because that's what I do, right? We all sit in our normal spot, but I was broken. I came to church, barely made it in there, sat in the thing, and the last thing I wanted to do probably was to be here. God had taken me through a, probably a very little sleep that night because I came here just beat. And I sat there and my emotions were a wreck and I just did not really want to be here. But I knew I needed to be here. It's one of those days, you know. 
And so we had Camp Judson Sunday, and we sing songs. Everything is great, and I'm a wreck. And I wrote this, and I kept it. It says, if you can read my writing, I can barely read my writing. It says, will you go up with me and pray? And I wrote that for my wife. And she's a sucker, so she went with me. (laughs) And I think she likes me a little, so I don't know. We went up to the altar that day, and we laid it on the altar. The fact that we had no idea where God was going to take us next. And I'll just tell you this. If it was March 14th, that means it was two weeks before I turned in my resume for the associate position And I will tell you that I turned my resume in on April 1st because I thought April Fool's Day was probably the most pertinent, uh, reasonable day to turn that in. And we laid that on the altar and let God take care of it. And that's what Joshua was saying. Listen, if you're going to do this, make a commitment. Commit to changing. Now I need to tell you that the last... Uh, part of this is Joshua says, let's get a big rock. Put it by the oak, by the... And that way we won't forget, right? That way we won't forget the commitment we made today. Now, I need to tell you that this bulletin has been in this black folder for, oh, eight years now. And it'll probably be there in 80 more years. Because I'm not taking it out. Because it reminds me of the commitment that I made to God on March 14, 2010. Church, we need those things to help us remember the commitments we make. Someone once told me that our Bible is a scrapbook of our life. And I don't know if you think much about what's in there. I don't know if you're one of those people that cleans it out. I have another Bible, not this Bible. The other one that I have in my office is absolutely loaded with about this much stuff of my life. And when I get worked up or upset or just feeling down, not feeling good about life, I'll go through that Bible and see what's in there. And it tells a story of the things that happened in my life. And they're not all good. There's a, there's a prayer card for Oklahoma with every person who was on that trip on that, in, that, in there. There's a wedding uh, invitation. There's a Camp Judson Winter Blast, the very first one we went to. Paper that Mark gave me. It's still in there. There are senior pictures in there of people who have graduated. There's this whole load of things that bring all these memories back and remind me that God has been faithful in my life to keep me on the straight and narrow. Isn't that what Joshua did when he said, put that rock right next to the oak? Because a rock has heard what God has said, what you have said to God. Did the rock really hear? But the rock was a reminder for God's people. It was a reminder that God was faithful and that they had made a commitment and that they needed to be faithful. 
I don't know if you know this, but this year, Greenfield Baptist Church is 175 years old. That's crazy. That's crazy. And I didn't find, we found out by accident, which is not a good way to go. But we were sitting out on the ball field, and I was thinking about the person who gave us this property had no clue there'd ever be a ball field, or that there would be a ball team, or that God's word would be spoken on that dirt. That this building would be here. Now the building has changed, and people have changed, and yet God's people have continued to be faithful at Greenfield Baptist Church. It's a reminder, a monument, a memorial to who God is. Let's pray. Lord God, we are thankful this morning for your word. Thankful, Lord, for all those who have made the decision to follow after you, as Joshua would tell his people. Make a decision, pick your side. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And then he challenges them, Lord, and he challenges us today to take those things that get in the way, those idols, and lay them at the altar, to throw them away, and to build a monument, a memorial, a a stone, something that, Lord, would help us to remember in the days and the years to come, that today, Lord, wouldn't be just another Sunday but it would be June 3rd, 2018, where something big happened in our lives, where God came into our lives and made a difference, where God came in and changed the situation, where God reminded us that he was faithful in our lives. And Lord, we'll look back and we'll say, June 3rd, I remember that day. I remember the day that God worked in a powerful way. Lord, I pray that if anyone needs to make that decision this morning, or that if anyone needs to lay anything on the altar to give up their control over whatever it is, that they might follow you in a a better way, in a stronger, more powerful way, that today would be the day that, Lord, there wouldn't be embarrassment or care or concern that their hearts would be pointed in the direction that you would have them to go. We are so thankful for the love that you have for each and every one of us. The care that you have over us, that you sent your son Jesus to die, that we might share in the eternity. Lord, we are so thankful. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.